Welcome to Conversations with D&T, where we tried to gain understanding to some of the more controversial passages in the Bible and how this understanding enhances our spiritual journeys. Hi, I am Diana. And I am Tiffany. And we, we are D&T. This is a ministry of Langsburg United Methodist Church. The purpose of our podcast is to help people become comfortable in asking questions about the content of the Bible, to demystify it, if you will. As we do this, we enhance our spiritual journeys. So Diana, I was wondering, what is one way that you try to approach those really difficult stories? So I kind of come up with this philosophy of what is the life-giving message? So what I look at it is um, I believe that our God is a loving God, no matter what, and that out of that love is life-giving. So when I look at those difficult passages, I look for the love and what in that love gives us life. How about you? So for me, I just, I really appreciate um, when Jesus says that all of the law is summed up in the one great command, to love God and to love our neighbor as ourself. So when I look at the really difficult and challenging passages of the Bible, I start by saying, how does this help me love God? How does it help me love my neighbor? Or how does it help me love myself? And usually, sometimes it's a challenge, but usually you can pull something from every passage in the Bible um, that either helps you love God, your neighbor, or yourself. And I just, I love, I love that about the Bible. Yeah, you know, I think we kind of have the same philosophy in a way because there's that commandment that Jesus gave us, which is love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Mm -hmm. So you're taking that philosophy, and I guess in a way, I'm taking that philosophy by saying, what is the life-giving message? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And which is a, kind of the same thing. So how about if we grab a message or a passage mm -hmm. and kind of see how our philosophies fit that? So um, which one would you like to grab? Mm. How, about, how about the story of Hagar? Yeah. That's a tough one, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Particularly for women, I yes, think. Definitely. Yeah. So for those of you that are may not really be familiar with that, this is the story of Abraham and Sarah. Uh, Sarah, sorry. Mm -hmm. um, and they have a slave named Hagar. Mm -hmm. And this is the promise that Abraham and and um, Sarah are very old, and God has promised them children. Promised Abraham children. A Abraham children, thank you. Yep. But Sarah is very, very old and can't, and has not had any children. Mm -hmm. And the, these children are supposed to be what create the tribes of Israel, right? Yes, yep. And um, so this promise is not coming, and Sarah knows about this promise, right? Yeah. And so Sarah finally decides that in order for Abraham to have children, the only way this can happen is to give her slave, mm -hmm. Hagar, to him. Yep. And she does. Yes. And Hagar does have a child. 
And a son at that. Yes, a son at that. Mm-hmm. Yes, and they named the son Ishmael. Ishmael. But jealousy starts to arise. And guess what? Sarah does get pregnant. Mm-hmm. And her son is named Isaac. Yes, Isaac. And so now Sarah goes to Abraham and starts doing all sorts of things about trying to get Hagar and Ishmael and Ishmael banished, yeah. right? She wants him off the scene. Off the scene, and she does all sorts of things to make that happen. Mm-hmm. And eventually it does. And they are banished to the desert. And in that process, Hagar meets angels, right? Mm -hmm. Am I getting the story correct? I believe so. Yeah. And they end up creating, in the angels, they are saved, correct? Mm -hmm. She ends up having to go back to Sarah and Abraham. She ends up back into the fold. Mm-hmm. And she is uh, treated horribly. Um, but Ishmael ends up becoming one of the tribes. Mm-hmm. And so doesn't um, the legitimate son of Isaac, Sarah, yep. Isaac. And in that process, when Hagar comes back and is treated horrible, it, 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 it's just a gut-wrenching story. The fact that she was banished, the fact that she's tra- tra- horribly treated, she's a slave, she did everything that she, w- she was supposed to do. Where is the life-giving message in that? That is a horrible story. That is a, definitely a horrible story. Um, but as you were recounting that story, I, I kept thinking of, of the salvation story. Um, God, for much of history, was all about the Israelites and saving and protecting the Israelites and working for their good. Um, But as Jesus came onto the scene, Jesus extended God's grace out into the whole world. Um, And Ishmael and Isaac, um, they founded two very distinct branches of faith in God. Ishmael was the father of uh, what we know today as Muslims and that faith community. And Isaac um, went on to create the 12 tribes of Israel. Um, So while Ishmael was banished and sent away from the fold during that time, um, him and his descendants were brought back into the fold. Uh, through Jesus' salvific work. Um, And I think that is an absolutely beautiful thing about God and how God loves uh, all of God's people. Um, It's also a good reminder that we should not treat people that way, Um, that we we should always um, honor and respect the dignity of all people because we are all created in God's image. Also, if we unpack and we look at history of what was going on at the time, one of the things that comes out of this is that land and um, dowries and stuff go through the woman. Mm -hmm. 
to the firstborn. So with Sarah, everything that she owned would go to Ishmael. So that is one of the reasons why she had to get rid of Sarah and Ishmael. Uh, Hagar. I'm sorry, Hagar. And so, thank you for the correction. Mm -hmm. And so that's one of the reasons why she was trying to do all that to get rid of them. Because everything that she owned, she realized through the law at that time, would go to the firstborn. Would go to the firstborn. And so that's why she was doing all that she was doing. And in the end, that happened. Mm -hmm. She was doing it out of love for her son. For her son. Yep. And so that that was the other. so, So we had to also understand where she was coming from at the time and what the laws were and what she had figured out. Because... Again, we have to believe that, you know, understand at her age, she never thought she was going to have a child. Mm -hmm. So she was trying to protect her assets, if you will, because she did have a child. And we also have to look at God kept God's promise, which was to give them a son, Abraham, a son. And that did happen. She got a little affront of herself Uh and didn't believe in God's promise. Yes, which, which brings me to another really great point about this story is um, Sarah's desire to make God's promises happen mm-hmm. of her own accord uh, got in the way of God's promises happening, happening in a way that was, you know, fruitful and beneficial and a blessing all around. And it created space for that, um, that injustice to take place. And then she found herself in this mess with all of her assets, right? Exactly, yep. Yep, and then she tried to correct it in her own way Mm -hmm. and ended up not being able to correct it in her own way. And unfortunately, Hager paid the price for that um, in the banishment. But I think that God still tried to protect Hager because even though she was sent back to the tribe and was uh, back to the fold and was treated horribly, what would have been her life had they been left in the banishment? Mm-hmm. So there's still some life giving there. And then we also have to remember women were treated as chattel, if you will, mm-hmm. in, in, in that time frame. Women were owned. Women were not necessarily um, independent beings, even though in the case of Sarah, and, and at that time, property went through the, wo- the woman, mm-hmm. um, but that's one of the reasons why men could control them was because of that. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, and, and their essential value was in their ability to have children. And Sarah exactly. was barren for a very large portion of her life. So she would have felt worthless, in a sense, because she couldn't provide for her husband what was her duty. Exactly. And, and was blamed on the woman, not on the man. Yep. And then, unfortunately, she probably felt even worse because of the fact that Hagar got pregnant mm-hmm. by Abraham. Yep. And, um, so, and, and unfortunately, that is something that still happens today, doesn't it? Yeah, and so we need to go and kind of look at that today, too, in terms of how women 
still blame themselves, and sometimes society does in a lot of different um, parts of our society. Women get blamed for not having, being able to have children, and they're held accountable for that. And and that's not life-giving in any way. One life-giving aspect that um, came out of this story for me as I was studying um, the bioethics of the Christian bioethics of reproduction um, is this story is a story of surrogacy. Mm. So Sarah couldn't have the child on her own, so she gave Hagar to Abraham so that Hagar could carry a child for them. Um, and it, it can be a really good um, model and an example and bring life into the, to the lives of people today who are struggling with childbearing, who really want to have a child of their own, um, but are not able to do that themselves. Um, it provides them with that space to, to have a surrogate and to not feel like they're going against God or, or against God's plan for them. I think you've hit on something that is pretty incredible. I, this is the first time I've had a conversation about how the Bible says circusy is okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is beautiful. Mm-hmm. There is a life-giving message. Certainly, yeah. And um, I think that that is something that can preach. Mm-hmm. And I think it, and I don't think I've ever heard that being preached. Um, and, uh, I just love that, that there is another thing that has been now, for me, unpacked in that story that I have never heard before. Mm-hmm. Wow. Thank you for that. that. That is wonderful. And isn't it great how when you can have conversations like this, that something new has come out of that. So here I am, me at least, out of seminary, and I had never heard about that part of that could be a message out of that story of Hagar. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. Thank you for that, Tiffany. That is great. It really is. I mean, it's incredible the, the messages that God can give us and the, and the life that God can give us through, through uh, stories that seem on the surface to be really horrible. Um, it's, there can be life in them, just like there can be life in the horrible things that we experience in our lives today. Um, good can come from it. And I think this might be a good place for us to end our conversation today with a new discovery, uh, at least for me, Mm -hmm. and the purpose behind why we're having these conversations with D&T and our spiritual journeys. So again, we'd like to thank you for joining us. We hope that you come back and may God bless.